And here they come. Louth, O'Brien, O'Neill, Conlon, White, Coleman, Bean, Riley, Cunningham, O'Donnell, Lynch, McDonnell, Rose, Smith, Blood, and me and... Breaks inside to Stephen White. The one man that can do it, and he's done it! A goal for Louth. Paulo Hanlon, a vital touch. Now he's Stephen White to his right. This must be it! It is! I don't believe it! Kildare must be out of the Leicester at midfield, wearing number eight, the first all-star ever from Louth, would you welcome Paddy Keenan. Arguably the most popular of tonight's winners, Paddy has led from the front for Louth since his championship introduction in 2003. Here's a chance for Rooney! What a goal by J.P. Rooney! And then it happened. Bean sends in from the sideline and Sean Cunningham finishes it at the net. Louth are in front. And here it is. Now the All-Ireland champions for the third time. Blue is certainly the colour in this week's We Are Loud podcast. Out of reaction from both semi-final wins for the Nave Martin and the Newtown Blues. And I'll also be previewing this weekend's Loud Junior Final. Reaction from the final whistle in um, RD. There you have it. The Jocks are in their first ever loud senior football final with a double scores win over the Pats. And it looked, it didn't look like that in the first half. Didn't look like that going into it. But they really turned, Martin really turned on the style in the second half. Absolutely blew the Pats away with just pure forward play, pure efficiency up front. Took every chance they could. Bar Colin Healy, who missed a couple of goal chances, uh, one in either half. But just the, the skill and the, the wit and just the directness of them uh, was a sight to behold. Big, big reckoning happened in the second half. Big changes. Um, John Clutterbuck came on for Posy McDonough at half-back. And then um, JP Rooney came on full forward for the Martins. And it gave them a real sense of direction. Uh, Samuel Roy then caused Desi a handful on the 40 and it just it just meant that when you thought the game was tight it was it was very close to half time it was anybody's game it was 2-4 to 1-5 to the Martins but that uh, Stephen Campbell goal just before half time kind of made the, the Martins relax a little bit kind of got them in at half time that two points ahead and they weren't overly convincing in the first half. They they let the Pats in at every occasion. They went they went two 0 up early on. Could have been one two. Conor Healy missed a great goal chance. That would have that would have really put the game out of sight. But you've kind of felt oh they're they're letting the Pats back into it. The Pats 
the Pats took them 15 minutes to get their first score and it was, it was Paddy Keenan free kick on his left foot and if you thought it was waiting on the first score and only two points down you thought they were doing a great job they were still in the game they levelled then soon after um, with a great goal from um, Daryl Laverty set up by Murf, Ross Murphy and uh, Leonard Gray who's, who's really making a name for himself looks like a fine prospect for the Pats but in that first half and then Stephen Can- Campbell ended the half with the goal but in that half after that, I think Desi yeah Desi Finney can give um, Pats the lead for the first time in the game but in that half the Pats lost um, Aaron Rodgers a cornerback and to injury he had to, he had to come off and they pulled the corner forward Jason Woods who was played defence he's number four on his back pulled him into cornerback to mark Connor Whelan and then Owen Laverty gets black carded and the men had to pull Cahill Grogan. So he had taken two forwards from the Pats. And really that's where they struggle in the second half. Daniel Connor was their only real outlet up front. He was in well marshalled. It was kinda of, it was predictable in the end. Paddy Keenan was going to break through and he did win a free just after half time. But they really had no answer answer for the Jocks defence. And Jocks overall hunger and skill levels were really, really high. They, uh, they they played three men around the middle, kept it tight in the first half, I suppose. But then, Cutterbuck is just, he kicked the score of the game, the move up the field, um, breaking tackles, his power off off either side, and then just smacks over a beautiful point. Thomas Sullivan, the other flank as well, played really well, he attacked up the field, and then it's all just stitched together by Owen Callan, and it's at the half-back this week. Did play on the 40 against O'Connell's, could play anywhere. He's a real leader for such a lad that's so young. But then Rooney as well was just dangerous every time. He scored his first touch, set up Conor Whelan for his last for the for the final goal. Absolute beautiful finish, top corner, right smack, just stuck it on the deck, whipped it in top corner, and that was just it. But then the the, the, the Pats couldn't really lay a glove on the on the Martins. They were just they were busy. They were composed in possession. They were winning the breaks around the middle of the field. They could afford a. a, a the luxury of bringing those two off the bench. Wayne Campbell got taken off. He he played a good half, having not played, having having been rested up over the past few weeks with a knee injury. So it's just everything sat right for the Pats or for the for the for the Jocks. They never really looked troubled at the back. They were able to bring in the substitutes. They played really good footballers. They're t- really good football. The two wing backs could attack. Posy goes off. In comes John Clutterbuck. Um, I think I mentioned it with, with interview and reaction with Mick Fanning, their captain, and I mentioned that that John Clutterbuck's probably one of the best footballers in Ireland at the moment. He's that good, he's that powerful, that athletic, and to have him coming off the bench is a great boost. And it just you kind of need that when you're looking to go into your first junior final. But they really made it easier for easy for themselves. The Pats were kind of you could you could see there was defeat defeatism in their body language. You just couldn't find any penetration up front. Ray Finnegan tried his hardest. Desi tried his hardest. Um, Paddy Keane around the middle of the field. Thomas McCann. Gavin Gregory played well when he came on. But it just didn't have, overall, it just didn't have enough to trouble the, the jocks who looked very comfortable. Could just could just mix it. They could slow it up. They could work the ball through the, through the hands. Um, uh, they could boom. They were, they were booming their kickouts long. Conor Morgan had a great matchup with Paddy Keenan. It just shows like you put a you put a young fella in like that who's keen, he's willing to work, he's full of enthusiasm. 
he's wet behind the ears but that doesn't matter because his overall enthusiasm gets him there he just matches up and he's just going after Paddy Keenan the whole day and once you're that young you've that enthusiasm and you've that work ethic in you and you're hungry and you're not bogged down with years of hardship or anything it's great and all that all that, that chap probably knows his success through the minor teams and that's what you see now at the Martins you see Conor Whelan and Sam Mulroy up front they're a dangerous duo up front and then you have the old guard the likes of Gavin Mooney you have Mick Fanning Brian Barrell Craig Lynch to a certain extent all there all have been there and this has been a long time coming for them so um, there's a nice blend of youth and experience there with all the young minors and those lads have been there and thereabouts, and it just it just shows they they got over the line with ease. They, they you kind of you thought coming into it that the Pats' big tough derby game over the Mahonies would set them up, but in all reality, the the confidence that the Pat the Jocks are playing with now is really it's really taking momentum. Um, the re- the referee helped didn't didn't let the game get over physical. Um. Ardy wouldn't have been a wouldn't have been a venue for either side really, and it it didn't really the atmosphere didn't really take off because it was it was you could tell the game was over at the start of the second half. JP fired over a point, Wheelow knocks over a point as well. They were just devastating. We're just just really just not giving the Pats any oxygen whatsoever to get back into the game. And all credit to them, they um, I I mentioned to. Uh, Mick Fanning, how how will they how will they cope now with keeping the hype down around Monas the Boys? It's gonna be a great couple of weeks, very enjoyable. The first ever senior final and uh, they'll hopefully get carried away because that's what it's all about. You don't get in senior finals very often. This is the first time in the club's history. They should go out and enjoy it. It's gonna be a great occasion and the way the forwards play, the way they play with attacking prowess, they've experience on the line with Christy Grimes who who has an inside out knowledge of winning senior finals then you have their manager Jim Farrell who's well used to the occasion and Mead he's a son playing as well so it, it, it they really put their hand up this year Nave Martin um, they've, they've gone one step further they uh, were league champions last year they're, they're constantly building and they're building they took suffered a setback at Benny Riley, who's is just a year dead now at this stage, which is hard to believe. So, it's it's all coming right for them, um, and it definitely came right for them tonight. They were they were well on top. They were on the ball. They were they were very calm and they played with very cool heads. You could say, cool as their blue jerseys. Um, they really. They really look when they're very clinical, very professional in their approach, and just executed very well. Just took the chances, got them in early. Could have, I know, I keep mentioning he needed two goal chances, but they, they really could have had more in in terms of uh, in terms of just composure and just keeping it, and just just no more opportunities for the pass to get into the game. So, all credit to them. They've it's gonna be a great few weeks now, Monster Boys and Hairstown and Tenura and what have you so the build up will be great I caught up with their captain Mick Fanning after the game Mick Fanning 
Nave Martin, captain, the first captain to bring the jocks to the Loud Senior Final. How's that feel? Yeah, look, look, it's a, it's a wonderful honour, you know. So, look, all we set out at the start of the season was to try and put ourselves in, in a position that we got to last year, maybe go maybe one step further on that way. So, we're just happy, look, with today's performance, look, not getting carried away. Uh, nothing's won far from it. We know the team's going out tomorrow, probably there with the more experience. So, look, we'll just let them play out tomorrow. And, look, we'll just concentrate on ourselves, uh, get the head back down, take another game at a time, see where we get to in a couple of weeks. He's found it very comfortable out there in the end. Did you think it would be that comfortable beforehand? No, I, w- I wouldn't say, look, I wouldn't say comfortable. Look, semi-finals aren't, aren't one easy, you know. I think they got back to, look, uh, we went maybe a couple of points up at the start. They pulled it back in and they showed their experience and that, you know. I think that goal before half-time just got a little bit ahead um, and then we were able to kind of kick on kick on in the second half, you know. And all we're trying to do is improve and learn from what we did last year. I think that's what we're most happy he's with probably play, today. He's played a very expansive style. Like, he's do attack. He's do fill up the holes as well. But... Like the, like I said, there's no more expansive player than JP Rooney and probably the best player in there at the moment, John Clutterbuck. Them two off the bench at half time is a big boost to any team. Yeah, look, like I said, look, we could threaten depth, look, to get anywhere near near the, the likes of the Blues, showed their threaten depth last year. Um, and that, and look, that's what we were trying to work on this year when you've, when you've players like JP who can look, you know, get the ball, he's going to do he's going to do damage. Say with John Clutterbuck uh, coming back from a, look, a recent, recent injury, getting back into us. So they're all good positives for us, you know. Boys are there to put themselves in contention over the next, over the next few weeks uh, for three weeks time you know competition will be very very yeah look, that's, what, that's what you need look you're not going to get to a final without without competition so that's what that's what's been probably driving us on look looking after ourselves and uh, working within the group and that together will it be hard to keep the hype down around Manus device yeah yeah look weeks? it will look it's nice you have to, you have to enjoy the enjoy the uh, enjoy the, the moment and that as well but look build up is key you have to keep your head down and look it's nothing, nothing won and until, until then look uh, there'll, be no, there'll be no hype no jocks for Joe hashtags. No, no, not at all, not at all. Look, uh, that's not what it's about. Look, it's just about another game and uh, just trying to get our preparation right for whoever we may face uh, in the final. Well done, Mick. Thanks very right. much. Dead off. Dead off. All right, no more. Cheers. Sorry. Kevin Carr, another well senior final. Yeah, no, it's kind of speechless. It's, you know, we had to get out of the box just play our game the way we could and we got a few points down the free we knew we were playing with the breeze there that we had to push on and not leave it close there going into half time and then at half time we just said it was nil all again pushing the second half and we just had to win the second half there so it's good just to get the win there he's actually didn't even no, win I don't, the second uh, half and uh, you still were a double score winners was it easier than you thought Ah uh, no, I wouldn't say that now. I just knew if we we, we had to go into each game just trying to keep it goalless. So we knew if we could maybe could keep them in the second half to not scoring a goal that we had we built up enough of a lead there to push on. We get the win. Is, is the competition pushing us on within the squad? Oh, the competition for plays is unbelievable. Like sure, I don't know how. I think we use all of our subs there the second half, and the people coming off the bench are just as good. Like so, it's just that belief within the team that you know someone coming on to do a job is just going to do an even even better job that you, you did. Keep it down to training, so you have to you have to try and do your best to try and keep your spot or try and get your spot on the on the pitch on, the, on game day. So it's just keeping us all going, taking over. Speaking of game game day, um, the Nave Martins are next. Um. Yeah, I've, I suppose growing up underage, we've had a few good championship final battles with them. So looking forward to another good one. So, so you're fairly familiar with each other. So you, you're the, it's oh, sure, a tough yeah. game. Yeah, sure. Manchester boys, they're going well. They beat the Pats well last night, so we'll see you now. I think three weeks' time. So.
Josh on has focus on her own game. There's probably one there. final mention. It was special to do without Smiley on the line. I know he was in the stand somewhere high. Yeah, he had it. I'd say he thought he'd never get an injury on a football field again, but he got unlucky there last weekend. But sure, hopefully he'll be okay come three weeks time. He might be off the crutches. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Kevin. Cheers. Congratulations. Cheers. Cheers. Good luck. That was um, Kevin Carr, Maraud wing back for the Newtown Blues, and I think it's the it's the final everybody wanted. Newtown Blues fourteen points, Dreadnought seven, and just what? Uh, sorry, before I get into the reaction and the chat about the game, what Kevin and myself alluded to there was um, Smiley Phillips wasn't even on the line tonight. He was somewhere in the stand. He, uh, he was doing umpire last week and he was at a ladies game and he tore and dislocated his ankle and he's in hospital and he's only I think he only got out on the Friday night and he wasn't so they could uh, they were that comfortable in winning tonight that they didn't even need the manager on the line they just uh, they were like a well-oiled machine on the pitch and it it kind of kind of goes without saying it was really um, it's probably one of the most it was one of the worst second halves of a final you, you could see there was no there was no there was no real game there was no real passion there was no real intensity in the game everyone knew the result was over you're throwing in a ton of subs at the end you're throwing uh, people are walking out they've seen enough so it sets up a brilliant a brilliant final the the blues and the jocks Blue is the colour. I think I play play it out with that with that song, but it's just it's just really the blues to lose. Um, maybe that'll be the hashtag for this year. If there's, if there's jocks for Joe hashtag, to be blues to lose. But really and truly, it looks like it looks like the other team isn't trying and they're not able to get into the game. When really they just you cannot lay a glove on this blues team. They can mix it with the best of them. They can go. They can go full fifteen on fifteen. They can play the sweeper system. They can go direct. They can run the ball, and they can get dirty if they want to get dirty. Uh, it's just, it's just a well-oiled team. They've leaders everywhere, all over the field. Andy McDonald's barking out the orders. Column judges sweeping it to, to perfection as well. And then you have. Like young lads just going around about their work, like really young, probably 19, 20 year olds, 21 year olds, just doing their, their work effectively. Like Conor Moore helps out Ross, Ross Nally so much. Then Ross Nally was on it tonight, he really set the tone early on with a couple of early scores that give, uh, give them the real impetus and the push. It, it, I think it was 4 1 before Claw registered the first goal with Pepe Smith. They got another before the half ended from Peach and it was near the end of the half and it was 11-2 at half time. They could actually afford to... The Blues could afford to lose the second half 5-2. Such was their dominance and the way they could just control the game. It's their control of the game. They don't give possession away. They kick really good scores. Uh, getting back to the first half, Kieran Downey kicks some great points. Andy McDonald kicks some great points. And they're taking a lot of abuse as well. Um, Claho weren't afraid to get stuck in and try and rough them up but the Blues just shrugged it off a really good uh, really good example of this was the end of the, the end of the game um, Peppy Smith pulls Emma Carroll into the ground Peppy wouldn't be the dirtiest player so that sums it up as well pulls Emma to the ground 
Emmett gets up and you think he's going to go and hit uh, Pepe's shoulder in the back. Instead, he opts to go for energy into a support run for the ball. Picks up the support from the hand pass off Jamie Kelly. He sends a direct ball in. That's just kind of the difference, and that's just where they are. Um, because they're because their skill level is so high, they're able to knock, they're able to get the balls away. They're able to get the decision made before they can come into any danger, and uh, before they're even in any danger on the field. That's the big hope and, and worry for them. It's the hope for the rest of the county that the Martins get into them and make it a close game and make them think. But that's for another day. That'll be the preview um, podcast. The game will be in three weeks' time. Second half was just played out. And it just shows the riches that um, the riches that Rob alluded to, or Kevin alluded to there, um, bringing in Robert Carr's brother, the two Connors, Hugh McGinn. Like all the experience Hugh McGinn has, he's just he's a sub. So Jamie Kelly as well, a young flyer. So it's just it's uh, really is the Blues to lose. And what's next for Clogher now? Um, this was probably. Their greatest chance nearly to get there to win McKeever giving them a good bounce. Um, top four in the league again. But uh, just couldn't get there, just could like had a chance. Richie Caron has a, had a goal chance to maybe make it I think it was one three to twelve, maybe six points in the game or maybe more. And uh, gets frustration and he ends up striking uh, Fergal Donahue, straight red card, and it just kind of summed up the dreadnoughts they they really couldn't couldn't push or get into get near um, near the Blues like I know they play open and expansive football but they get men behind the ball though like Kieran Downey I, I mentioned earlier kicks some super points he works really hard going back the field as well um, Connor Brannigan as well puts in a massive shift the matchups didn't really work for the Dreadnoughts um, Anthony Williams was picking up Andy McDonald and Andy was just running the show really on the 40 um, Peach Califf they tried him in the square with uh, Richie Carron and Peach on his own in the first half didn't work commoded a solid shift Stephen Moonen came in and it's just it's just that flexibility to have um, all over the field they can mix it like I said but anything like, I, like, like I'm saying anything the Dreadnoughts threw at them in matchups and certain situations they just they were able to pass with flying colours and really and truly the Dreadnoughts ran out of ideas from 15 minutes in they had to empty the bench and bring on some younger players um, Barry Faulkner came in as well with Richie Kerr on a half time so it just wasn't to be and the thing about the Blues is I know they're very like attack minded and known for their forward play they've really strong defenders like uh, I'm talking about matchups didn't go right for Clogher they all went right for the Blues. Cormac Reynolds was solid in a full back. Uh, um, Johnny Connolly did a job and Pat Lynch on the wing snuffed his threat out. Um, Fergal Donahue just went with um, Liam Shevlin all over the field. Liam Shevlin wasn't really in the game in the second half. And then the final matchup was Emma Carlin and Peppy Smith. And sorry, Paul Moore as well had a really good game on um, Peter Cowan. Like whatever hope you have again, the Blues again a big underdog. It, it kind of is is squashed because 
they're such good defenders one on one they can match you and they can just take you on in that department and just break your heart really and that's what they did to Clotter tonight another year goes by for Clotter uh, but makes for a great final one that the whole county can get up for because I suppose between last night and tonight's second half there were foregone conclusions really before the final whistle the ref could have blown two games up ten minutes early uh, I think we have the final we want uh, can the Blues beat Pete the, the Martins for the fourth four time this season that's for another day um, the next up big day in the Loud calendar is the Loud Junior final and I'm going to preview that now Who will get their hands on the Christy Bellew Cup? It's the Loud Junior Final this Sunday and now I'm going to get into the big in-depth preview. Um, so two teams, Glide Rangers and the Docking Islanders. I think it's safe to say that both teams are they're the best in the competition, best squads, best players, best forwards, best county men. So very, very, um, very easy to... To, to, to say that this is going to make for for a good final you have the two best teams in it um, Glide Glide have uh, got back to the summit they were here this time last year they were beaten they were stung they, they, they felt they were stung by Glenn Emmett's having gone in as overwhelming favourites I think they'll go in as uh, underdogs in this game I think a lot of people are tipping Dundalk Young Ireland to go straight back up Um They've, uh, they're, they're on course for that um, already but it's a very hard game to call I'm going to have a, leave a prediction till the end but looking at styles is definitely going to make for a fascinating game who's going to bring the initiative who's going to set up the way they set up and when you look at the two teams the Young Irelanders are very much systematic in their approach they'll file men back leave the two, two lads inside they'll pace you forwards on the counter attack, the likes of uh, Mark Savage and Dean Maguire, and sometimes Keane O'Donoghue, and then they work it up the field through the pace of uh, the, the Centurion Derek Maguire got a hundred caps this year, and he made cheeky as well. And Keane O'Neill likes to get up the field, but Dermot Moan uses pace, and Johnny Lynch drops into that middle sector as well. So that's that's their game plan, and then on the other hand, you have. An absolute uh, blitz of a forward play. Very old-fashioned, very um, traditional. 15 on 15. Uh, Connor Sheridan does tend to drop back. We'll talk about that in a while. But very much six scoring forwards. and Plenty of power off the bench. Like you have... Yeah, and they're all powerful as well. Like Garrett Moore, Niall Sharkey, Trevor Bryan, Dion Conlon, Kieran Sheridan's now in the wing. So there's massive, there's massive scoring potential there from Glide. It it could be a case of defence versus attack, and who can hold out, and who can keep their nerve, and who can not lose their discipline and not lose their focus. Because you can see it being set up that uh, Glide kind of gets stifled, similar to the last year's final, and the, uh, the sense of panic comes over them, um, and then it'll play into the young Irelanders' hands. They'll hit them on the counter attack. Very hard to carry out um, in such a final when it's when it, all is on the table and 
it's just winner takes all on on the day. So very very hard to know who shades that um, approach, but both both approaches have worked for both sides so far, and you can see a little indication um, could be in the semi final wins. The 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 Glide overcame the Dunlear kind of sweeper system as well. Not as systematic as the Young Irelanders. They just play with one sweeper, Gary Monaghan. And then they, they, they had the power to, Glide still had the power to overcome that, hitting high scores and a couple of goals as well. And then on the other hand, the Young Irelanders just got over Roach by two points. And you think, oh, that's fair enough. But when you realise that Roach were missing their key forward, Barry O'Hare, it kind of indicates that there's not that great a form going into this game. And especially when you throw into uh, the tough semi quarter final they had a win over the Maliki. So it's tentative for, from the uh, from the Young Irelanders, the way they play and the way they set up. They kind of look to be playing a little bit within themselves when you feel that if they open up the shackles or threw off the shackles they could really push and, and make it a real belter of a game but that's the way they've set up and it's got them so far got them to this point it could be enough to get them over the line looking at the experience of both sides a lot of uh, a lot of young Irelanders players will have the experience of 2010 that that um, intermediate final win in rd um, and then Glide will, will take all that experience from last year. Majority of the panel bar. The returning Garrett Moran and Kevin Moran didn't play in it last year. They weren't involved. So that's a big boost for them to get them back. They'll be fresh. They'll have that enthusiasm. They'll have that win to win. But you can see last year, kind of got the Glide. It would have been the first time they've been in a final, in a county final. And they kind of... The hype around Tallinn. You could see kind of get into the players' legs on the day. And... The underdogs, Tully Allen, were full credit for victory. It was a terrific final, probably the final of the three last year, just in the Grove. And it was a really, it was really, uh, really good game of football. And everyone likes an underdog to win, I suppose. And they just, they could have won it, they could have stole it, they could have got a draw at the end, but they just, just didn't have enough for Tully Allen. were very hungry on the day. Um, you're looking at the benches as well. And you think, Glide to me, shade it. They're bringing Kevin Moran off. David Devaney does might not start. He comes off the bench. They've other Paul Noon come off the bench. He got an insurance points against Dunlear. So it it they have a strength and depth there. I know the the young Irelanders have brought in players and subs and what have you. The likes of Peter Nixon doesn't seem to be getting in the game, and Kevin Keeley as well is is come back into the fold. But. <clears throat> They'll probably be happy enough with their with their sixteen, seventeen players and go with it at that. Um they've lost a few players. I think they've lost the um is it the Flins? They don't seem to be playing anymore. Um so looking at the benches you'd probably say Glide shade that too. Um kick outs in the middle of the field. This is probably uh, one of the main advantages young Irelanders have. Kick outs are a key part of the game these days. And Fergus Sheiky is really making a name for himself. He could hit 45s as well. But he gets his kickouts away quickly and sharply and accurately. And he gives he gives um, the Young Irelanders a platform. So that'll be an interesting first kickout from the Young Irelanders. Whether they glide, push right up on them or they let, they're happy to let, concede the kickout and let them have it up the field. Because um, coming out of the back, Peter McCourt, Stephen Bellew, two cornerbacks, they're comfortable taking the ball out of possession and Kieran Murray as well. But then, when they're being put under a serious amount of pressure, 
it's tough. But but looking at the midfield, you're looking at aerially. You would say Lloyd have an advantage there. Like if it's if it's David Devaney or Brian Duffy or even Kieran Sheridan can drip in or dip in off the wing and. You have Kevin Moore and off the bench, like I said, all big men, and they like that ball and that scrapping in the air. Um, Devaney can, could, was doing it for years. He, he had a spin with Loud as well. So all favourable to them, and that's why their kick-outs, David Brennan, tend, tend to go long and high and direct, and they, they don't really like the short ball. So very interesting on the kick-outs. A complete contrast again, so that'll make for great viewing as well. Um, I suppose there's no real injuries. I think Trevor O'Brien got back over his injury for the for the glide. And then on the other hand, say another corner forward, Trevor O'Brien, probably the most polished forward in the junior grade. Trevor's another another ex loud player as well. So that they have a couple there. You have Trevor Trevor O'Brien. Sorry, you have Trevor Connor and David Defenny. All got spins with loud, and they were really good loud players as well. When Trevor burst onto the scenes, he was quite good. He was in David McEnany's reign and he was scoring for fun, winning league titles. Uh, it was way back to 2007 against Donegal. A good impact player and he still has that class. So you're looking at you're looking at that uh, and you're thinking, right, so maybe the young Irelanders do need to set up this sort of structurally systematic way. And then the, what what they rely on in that centre in that structure is the Dean Maguire playing up front. Uh, he's 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 a big injury worry. Has been in and out of the side with injuries this year. Came off against Roach. He his pace and power inside means that they can afford to play Derek in in at centre half and drive him forward. Speaking of Derek uh, Maguire and Connor Sheridan, those those two will end up picking up each other, um, and it's going to be that that's a really fascinating battle. Connor Sheridan is probably one of the cleverest footballers in Loud, has been for years, especially when they were in senior. He he dropped back off centre half when he was playing number six, and he'd just sweep up everything. He read everything like a book. Now as he's got on, he's made himself into a forward, and he's a deep lying. He's a deep lying forty yards man. Um, probably can't afford to do that with, with the amount of space and forwards. They probably usually play with five up front or maybe four, and then one coming in off the wing. So Connor will drop back, and Derek is the opposite. He's he's a forward come defender, and that's probably just the way the modern game is going. And Derek will have to drive will will drive forward but he'll have to keep an eye on Connor because Connor pick finds these holes and pockets of space where he can pick the ball up and get the attacks going and stitch everything together for for the glide. He's he's a key player for them. Key matchup and I'm not too sure whether they'll go head to head or how closely they'll mark each other. But um it'll be very interesting to see who has the bigger impact on the game because whoever has the bigger impact is going to win the game. But so who is going to win the game? I am going to go after talking it out. I'm going to go for a Glide Rangers win. I think they have the forward power. They can get goals when they want. And as we've seen this weekend, it's all about forward play. Um, it all comes down to your forwards. Uh, the only worry you'd have maybe Glide freeze again with the fear of losing another final, and that gets up to them. And especially the way in Young Ireland is set up. But I, I sorry, I haven't even mentioned Jordan O'Donoghue, who's quite very good chap. He's uh, he's son of the manager Adrian, and he's a key player as well. 
He's a key player to their system, uh, linking the forward playing in transition. Very big transition player getting involved forward. I'd have him in the loud panel next year, but that's that's for another day. Um, on this day, I yeah, I, for me it's light. They just have too much forward power, too much around the middle. They should find the scores a little bit more easier to come by, and they've learned from last year's mistakes. Young Ireland, on the other hand will be a little bit green behind the ears to get into the final. Everyone's expecting them to do it. That might weigh a little bit heavy on them. But for me, it's a Glide Rangers victory. So thanks very much for listening to this week's uh, We Are Loud podcast. I'll be back next Sunday with a um, reaction from the, from this junior final and a preview to the Loud Intermediate final. Thank you and enjoy it. Thanks for re- listening to the podcast.